0: Welcome to the best of the best of untapped podcast. While I'm on maternity leave, I thought there was no better time to bring back the most popular episodes and the most downloaded episodes of all time on the untapped podcast. Why? Because great content deserves to live for a long time. And sometimes you might have missed one of the best episodes ever. So we're bringing back eight of the best as voted by you. And this is one of them. Let's dive in. How often do you think about taking your blog or your business to a million dollars? And what does the road to 83k a month actually look like? That's what we're about to discuss on this episode of Untapped. So my guest today is the one and only Pete McPherson, who I first heard about through my awesome team member, Kayla. She said, this guy's got this really great website called Do You Even Blog? And I just loved the title of it immediately. Went to check out what Pete did and saw that he was just giving tons of value to his community and more importantly, had a really cool, raving, thriving community of people who just loved what he was doing. What's more, he was refreshing, honest, funny and just kind of reminded me of when I started out on my journey it got me excited to think back to all the ways in which you can make money from blogging make an impact build a community productize your knowledge and skills and here it all was again on Pete's site as if it took me back to 2010 and I was right back at the beginning of my blogging journey finding a great resource so Highly recommend you check out his website. But in today's episode, we talk about why you should never settle until you find the thing you do love to do. And Pete has a pretty crazy journey that he's been on to get to this place. And I think some of you, you'll appreciate it because you've probably been on it too. How it's possible to build a blog, even in a saturated niche, The road to 83k a month business and how Pete's working towards it and I really really love his honesty around this. We go deep into some cool stuff. It gets really refreshing and I hope you enjoy these discussions. How one disastrous launch day in 2019 taught Pete the best lesson in business he has ever learned and so much more. So without further ado let's just get straight into this discussion shall we? Pete McPherson, welcome to the untapped house. How the heck are you?
1: I am heckin' good. I'm so good. Thank (laughs) you for having me now.
0: From one podcaster to another, except you've got a fancier mic. Mine is actually here. I I just don't have my um, office set up done yet. And you have just recently moved to your new place in like a week ago. And I've been here for three weeks. I feel I should be a little hit on the, the studio front, but you've got it going on. I'm a little bit jealous.
1: Well, it's funny, this is an expensive mic, you're right, that I bought like three and a half years ago and never used it, because it was nice, it had to have like a special cable, an XLR, and I never had an office, I was always like the recording in back rooms and coffee shops type of person, mm-hmm. and so I used a cheap mic for like three and a half years, but I'm finally getting to use it, I'm Yay. excited. Do
0: you know what, I'm also all sometimes for cheap mics and on-location stuff, because it's, it's raw and real and you're doing it, but there is something lovely about good quality sound, Um I digress. You kindly gave me, we're we're riffing as podcasters do on Great Ways to Start Out a Show. And we're going with this prompt for today, which I normally wouldn't ask. So here we go. Pete, what Mm. was the worst day in 2019 for you?
1: It's a great story. (laughs) It was the last day of June, 2019. It was summer here. It was hot. I was on day one of a launch of a new product. So my audience is creators, podcasters, bloggers, specifically, I was launching something had to do with affiliate marketing and I was excited about it. It was jazzed. It was not just a course, it was something new and it was at a great price point and I was really jazzed about it and I launched it and I'm not going to say crickets. It didn't do that well, but there was something else. There was like, wait, why did I launch this product? I had this big freak out. And by the way, I was on vacation (laughs) in a beach town and my wife and my kids were there and my in-laws were there and I was like, Oh, don't worry. I'm totally only going to work like two hours a day and then I'm coming back. But I had this freak out of what is going on. Like, Mm -hmm. why have I made so many bad decisions in my business? I changed business models a lot. I'm attempting to launch this course and then that course and kind of all over the place. And some worked and some didn't. And it all culminated this one day. And to spoil the story and also make this a little bit more positive, I only have one employee. Her name is Raina. She's kind of like my number two, my integrator, if you will. I called her, God bless her, by the way. We talked for over three and a half hours I am walking around to try and like process things. And I'm asking her like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? How did we get to this point? I didn't even set this up to make money. Like how are we going to continue the business? Like it's falling apart. Why have I not been able to make this work? Like what's going on? We chatted for over three and a half hours. And by far the most useful conversation I've had with anybody regarding my business. And we actually came up with kind of like the dream business. I'd never actually Mm. thought about that before. Believe it or not, I'd never discussed it with anybody. And she asked me, she was like, Pete, if you could snap your fingers and have any business you want, like how much money would you be making? What would your dream business look like? How many teammates would you have? What would you be selling? Course, membership site, digital products, physical, like everything. I talked it through three and a half hours. And from that day until now, I have not had a lack of vision. I've not had a lack of focus Mm. or clarity. It has been the best feeling. And the entire world, but it all culminated on that like one day in June, which is like two or three years of trying stuff and eventually getting to this product launch and then just like freaking out, everything falling apart and uh, starting from scratch.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing because it's one, it's pretty recent. And then since then, you've just been on this course of, I can see it like this, but two, I love those moments where you throw your hands up the air and question everything, which I think as entrepreneurs, we need to do more often. Like, yeah. put all the stats and figures and everything aside, listen into the gut and go, wait a damn minute. Am I actually doing what I really love? Am I getting paid what I'm worth? Am I making the impact that I said? Am I actually enjoying this journey? And if not, how do we change that? Not throwing everything out with the baby in the bathwater. Yeah. I don't know why I still use that term. One, I don't have babies, and <laughs> two, it's, nobody does that, right? It's like from it's the a little old it's a little ages. Weird. It is. Yeah. It actually comes from back in the medieval ages when people would throw their bathwater out of the window and hopefully nobody ever threw the baby. Oh. But as I understand it, yeah. somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. So, such a bad term to use. Anyway, but I love that because often those are the moments when you throw everything up and what lands is the real vision that you want. So, if you'd like to share with folks that are listening, they might be intrigued now. What came out as your perfect business model and how do you yes. get paid to be
1: you? Oh, this is a great question. So I'm going to tell you how I get paid and then I'm going to jump back and talk yeah. about the conversation. So yeah, I get paid in several different smaller income streams. Not that I'm making millions and dollars in all fronts, but I've done a pretty good job at diversifying. So mm-hmm. the biggest avenue is through my membership community. This wasn't around six months ago. It's around now. I'll tell uh-huh. you that story of in a second. Yeah, perfect. That is the, the primary... Bottom of funnel, if you can imagine like a business, a sales funnel, that's the bottom offer. It's how I make the majority of my income as a business. But I also monetize through, I have a podcast like yourself. So I have Mm -hmm. a, you know, a sponsorship there and I have a little bit of affiliate marketing revenue come in. And I'm doing one other big course in 2020, the podcasting course. It's going to be so much fun. I'm excited about it. So that'll be like income as well. But other than that, that's pretty much it. It used to be a little bit more freelancing, but I've sort of generated enough revenue. I can kind of put that aside. So membership site. Podcasting course, and then a little bit of the traditional blog monetization methods. Perfect. So, a big takeaway, I think, for the audience is this membership site I mentioned is called Online Impact. We'll go ahead mm-hmm. and plug the name of it at least. I had it before. In fact, I started it over two and a half years ago. It was just called something different, and the format was a little different. I was trying to like just brand it as like a library of courses, like a bundle of courses, pretty standard in online marketing. And I launched it back when I had like less than 1000 people on my email list, probably like six or 700 people and made like $10,000. And I was like, wow, this is great. But I didn't actually think it was great. In fact, during that launch week, I was still kind of miserable. I was like, why didn't I make 11,000? Why didn't I make 20,000? Like, why is it not this other thing that it could be? And so I kept trying new things and so forth. This is my big takeaway. This is a dramatic pause for people. (laughs) Try and keep an eye out in your own businesses and your blogs out there for what has potential. And I say that from a a negative Nancy or a negative Nicholas. I have tried to make that a a gender bias thing. I tend to look at things as like, yep, okay, that could have gone better. What's next? Like I very rarely take the time to analyze and try and discover like, oh, you know what? That actually worked. Or this has opportunity or this has potential. I never did any of that. I was like, why didn't I do better? Why didn't I do better? Why didn't I do Mm. better? Hmm. And so I tried different things over two and a half years. I actually relaunched that old program. It was called Blogger You, by the way. Silly name. I once or twice again and it continued to make money. But still I was miserable. I'm like, why didn't it do better? I think I need to try something different. Mm-hmm. And the worst day of 2019 for me, the day back in June, when I was talking through Raina, and she asked me, like, Pete, if you could snap your fingers, what would your dream business be? I described online impact. I was like, a membership community with strategy call components and, you know, courses and stuff for learning too, but also like quarterly work calls and just like a really engaged community. Like that's what I want to be working on every day. I laid out the team, I laid out the revenue or whatnot. And I sat there and I was like, wait, I already had that. Hmm. It was just a little bit different. It wasn't exactly like I wanted it, but I already had that. And now that I think about it, if I looked at every dollar I've made from my my business over the past three years, 80% of it came from that like I had mm. and it was working. Why didn't I just continue doing that and making it better and making it better? I never looked at what was working, where there was opportunity, where there was potential. I was only focused on the negatives. Why didn't this work? Why didn't I make $11,000 instead of 10? Like why didn't I do this? So that Can I huge...
0: ask Pete there whether that is because and I just want to ask, do you think that was just your internal expectations of what you felt was good enough or the best that you'd want or Was it because you were watching other people's journeys and going, but I want that level of success. I'm just interested here because this is an interesting one, right? Like I have very high internal expectations. And then I also can see externally what people are doing. And we also have that imposter syndrome thing coming in from time to time. I'm much better at dealing with it now, but I'm just curious. Do you Mm -hmm. think it was either of those things or something totally different?
1: Guilty as charged, by the way, (laughs) external factors. I've always struggled with looking at other people who are, in some cases, much farther along than me. have been doing this for years longer, much bigger audiences, email list, or whatever that is, and comparing myself to them. Mm-hmm. It's a little silly when you sit back and think of it objectively, but I, for one, absolutely stink like implementing that on any given day. So it was actually the second one of what you just said. Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. very much motivated out of, wait, my friend Bobby just launched something, and he made like $170,000 that month. Like, Oh, why this other person did this and it seemed to work like the very first time they did it. This other person did that. This other person did that. Yeah, no, that is totally me. Imposter syndrome, again, totally me. I fully admit that. It's a hard thing to deal with. It's challenging.
0: You also did something else and thank you for admitting that. And so I will happily admit it too. You did something else that I did as well last year. Sorry, the year before, now we're into 2020, is I too had an amazing course, actually, not a membership, but a course that was super well, um, had done quarter of a million in launches in it It just really proved itself out. People loved it. People raved about it. And then I got a little bit tired of it. You know, like I think I got a little bit tired anyway, traveling all this stuff. And I sort of left it for a little because I was like, I think I just need a bit of time off launching this twice a year. And then when I did decide to bring it back after quite a long hiatus and my head wasn't in the right place and my energy wasn't in the right place and I decided I'd improve it all, like reshoot all the videos, I'd make it more advanced, mm-hmm. I'd do all this stuff. And it totally flopped in my world. Like it was not a good launch yet. This had been my most successful product for years. And I realized that I'd turned up and I could have actually won, just stuck with the original and improved it a little because people loved it. But if you are not fully aligned with what you're putting out, like, you know, how you said you were excited about your course, but then you're like, wait a minute, is this even the right thing? If you are not fully aligned with what you're putting out there and you're not putting out the energy with it, that this is the best damn thing, that you love it, that people are going to love it, they're going to get so much out of it, it's going to impact everything. I think no matter how much work you do, if you are not intentionally aligned line with what you're putting out, it's not going to work ever. You might have some success, but I have seen it time and time again, not just with myself, with other friends who have done something because they think they have to or because their business requires it or because it's what yes. people requested of them versus, yes, you've got to listen to what your audience wants, but you really want to do it. I just feel if there's not that alignment, it just you Never get the same result, and I now have learned can I that add
1: lesson. Something to that? <laughs> yes. I used to think that was total. I'm gonna like, say Yeah, we, yeah,
0: no, agree.
1: Podcast? Yeah, okay. yes. I can. used to think it was total BS. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, that's great for some people, but I've never like had that work, and I'm always going to be this other person with imposter syndrome and competitiveness and <laughs> comparing myself to others. And no, no, the day that happened the three and a half hour talk with my number two and the worst day of 2019. The day we came up with that, I have not felt nearly as bad. I still have my days where I get super Mm -hmm. jealous of other people and I'm totally that. But ever since that day, I look at my business model and I'm happy with it. And I'm so jazzed about relaunching it. And quite frankly, I'm jazzed about working in it now, even though Mm -hmm. I'm not launching it. Like I I open up every six months. I'm actually happy to just work now. Like Mm -hmm. now that I've already sold it, I'm not making any more money. I'm happy to be in those people. I'm totally that person. I've converted now that, yeah, once you have like a really solid thing, you're passionate about your why or whatnot, whatever you want to say that, like, that's actually kind of true. That's actually a Mm -hmm. thing. At least that's what I've found. So I'm a convert to that.
0: Yeah, it really is. All right. Let's backtrack a little and where I'd actually really love to, well, backtrack of where you were before you started. Do You Even Blog, which is a great name for a, a blog and website, by the way. It's <laughs> awesome because it's like, it's just intriguing and it's a great memorable title. And these are all things that you need to stand out online. So mm-hmm. how the heck did you get into blogging, which has been your thing now for how many years?
1: Do You Even Blog is about almost three years old, but I've been blogging and podcasting on and off since 2010, early wow. 2010. So right wow. around a decade. Yeah, one of the original oh, gangsters like me. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, well, <laughs> yes and no. Let me, oh. It's a long story. I'm going to give you a little bit of a condensed version. Thank so you. I never knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. I always kind of got funneled through life. Like people told me you should get good grades so you could go to college. And I was like, I don't really want to go to college. I'm like, no, no, everybody goes to college. You're going to college. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. So I did that. Then I got to college and I was a music major, which I love music. Don't get me wrong. If you want to do music for a living, you should never major in it. That's just me. So I got there and I was like, okay, now what do I do? Oh, you get good grades so you can get a job. Okay, well, I don't really want to work in music. This is after three and a half years of college, by the way. So I quit my music degree. I changed to business. I failed a class. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I, don't, I have no idea what I want to do in my life. I don't know what I'm doing. I switched the next semester to Italian, like the language. Italian. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Ask me how many words of Italian I speak.
0: How many words of Italian do you speak? Zero. Wow. You must
1: know. (laughs) No. I failed every single class that semester in college, and they kicked me out for a semester to get my stuff together. I came back. I found sociology because people were telling me, Pete, you need to graduate at this point. Like, you just need to graduate. You can get a job if you graduate. Just graduate. Just graduate. I was like, okay, that's fine. So I did. And I graduated and that was 2008, 2009, which Mm -hmm. those of you who are living in the Western world know a recession, especially Mm -hmm. in the United States and elsewhere. So no, I graduated, but I could not get a job. Didn't know what I wanted to do. I eventually went back to accounting because I talked to another person. I was like, what do I do with my life? This was like an old mentor of mine. He was like, you're in music, right? You should do accounting. It's the same thing. I was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. He's like, yeah, totally just do it. So I was like, okay, I like money. I'll do accounting. So I did accounting. And I got my master's in accounting and I took my CPA exam and I got my CPA license. And lo and behold, I got my first big boy job, so to speak. And uh, this was late 2012, accounting $52,000 a year. Never even heard of that much money at this point in my life. Just total (laughs) dream. I've made it. I've got a job. I worked there. It was fine. I was good at it. I didn't necessarily enjoy it. Worked there for another year. You know, I've already married by this point. I took another job in accounting and I had a kid and I'm like super bored. And I'm like, is there anything else? Like <laughs> I have money now. I bought a house. I bought a nice car. Like I have a great job. I'm super bored at work. People would kill for this job. Like I get paid a lot of money. to so just sit at a desk and hang out with my coworkers. Why am I not happy? So it's at this point that I actually got back into blogging and not podcasting at this point, but just getting back to online business, trying to find a way out. I want out. I want to quit this. I want to do something else more meaningful and we're like reach people, teach people. So I'm starting business after business and you know, it's mostly digital and nothing's really working because I'm terrible, by the way. And more blogs and all this other stuff. And then at one point, I decide like I want to find another job that allows me to do more. So I took a part-time job that was still gonna pay me like a full-time salary, a little bit less than I was making in accounting, but I found like a startup job, mm-hmm. 20 hours a week, salary best of both worlds, right? Oh, by the way, we moved. I moved my family, had two kids at this point, we moved. And I got one paycheck from this new job. And then they laid me off. They did not have any money at the startup. So after moving my family and taking this new job and looking forward to podcasting or blogging, I got laid off. It's like, okay, now what? Had a good cry. My (laughs) wife had a good cry as well. We had a good cry together. And I eventually decided like we have a little bit of savings. Let's just try this. I'm gonna go full time entrepreneurship. We're just going to see what happens. That was a little over three years ago, three and a half years ago at this point and started doing blog and pretty much never looked back. It was not profitable from day one. Don't get me wrong. I did make money in month one, but that's another story. But I was lucky enough to get laid off and fired because the startup had no money. And that led to this. It's
0: the best thing. I think, thank you for sharing that story because it's in those moments where you're like, what have I got to lose? Like you could always go back and get another job, right? You could always go yep. back and get another job. But it's in that mm-hmm. moment, hey, I've been given a clean slate. Got this thing that I love doing. Let's just see if I can make it work. How did you make money in month one, by the way? I'm sure people are curious what was.
1: <laughs> so it wasn't a lot of money. In fact, it was $51.
0: Whoa! $50,
1: $51. You do a lot with
0: $51.
1: You know what? This is a side story. I started over 50 blogs or online businesses in the past decade, over 50. It was wow. probably like at 60 now at this point, maybe one or two of which kind of quote unquote worked, but the majority of them were like massive failures. So the only thing I did not allow myself to do in the past decade was start a blog on blogging or start a podcast on blog, like digital marketing, the space mm-hmm. I'm in that you're in as well. I never allowed myself to start because I was like, it's too saturated. There's too many people. It's too competitive. Those days are over. Not going to do it. When I got fired and laid off, I was like, you can't see me right now, but I'm like smacking my hands. Like I'm doing this. This is what I want to be talking about. Doing a blog is actually the topic that I want to do. I don't care if it takes me longer. So you need to know that. The context is when I started this, I was like, well, the only way I'm ever going to be that person who actually makes it talking about blogging and podcasting and digital marketing is if I can like show myself, like show my work, so to speak. So I, I swear I've probably emailed like 50 people that I had kind of known on the Internet, like other bloggers and stuff like that, literally asking for a one sponsorship everybody knew it was a gimmick and a gag. And I told him that I was like, look, I'm just doing this to be able to say like, I made my first dollar in my first gotcha. month. Like, I need this. Love it. Please yeah. give it to me. I'll put, your, <laughs> I'll put a link to your blog in my show notes on my first episode or something like that. And God bless him. Tom from HighIncomeParents.com. He's com. like, yeah, okay. I'll give you your first dollar. And then it turns out like two weeks later, somebody actually came back and gave me like 50 bucks for a sponsorship. I didn't even ask for it. So I made $51 in yeah. month one. And, uh, opportunity. So
0: I'm really glad that you told us that you started about 50 or so blogs because that blows my mind. And it does give a lot more context as to why you ended up teaching this art of blogging and monetization, because I really want people to listen into that. You had 50 different experiments and experiences going on that led you to be able to be the expert that you now are. And I don't think anybody should gloss over that. So if somebody's just started and they're like, why can't I make my first 51 and blog or more, please don't discount the fact that Pete had 50. I mean, I didn't ever have that. I had my own personal blog, which I then basically turned into the suitcase entrepreneur. And it's all I did for the first, whatever, four or five years. I've never had multiple blogs going on, got a few websites, but probably mm. max three. And I think that's too many. So, wow. Thank you for revealing <laughs> that. That is crazy. What was your biggest lesson during that time of having 50 blogs? Like if you count down to just one lesson that really has stuck with you throughout all your blogging that you want to pass on to people, what would it be?
1: I had two. Allow me okay. to share All right. two. I'll of. allow you to have two. Okay. <laughs> the first one was learning how to sell something. Mm. This is like a little corny. Like that answer is probably a little corny. No. People are like oh yeah. Actually,
0: I it's pretty refreshing.
1: Yeah. Okay, well good. Okay. I never in a million years would have guessed how vital a skill that is, regardless of anybody's business. Like I would suck like door to door encyclopedia salesmen.
0: By the would way, my that. dad did that actually in what? Canada when he was like twenty one. Yeah.
1: I have so many questions. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay I no, I never would have guessed this would have been that vital a skill. But after starting, like I said, many failed online mm. businesses and whatnot, <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out like, what, why I have this cool thing? Like, why isn't anybody buying it? In fact, why are people like actively telling me it's terrible? And like, what's going on? Learning how to sell things on the internet or otherwise, I think it's just like a crucial skill that... Honestly, I kind of found my trial and error. I'm not ashamed to admit that either. Like I I never studied copywriting or sales or anything like that for the longest time. And then I eventually kind of got used to it a little bit. Still not Mm. the world's best, but I learned that a lot. That's number one. Number two, it's actually very related. I would argue learning how to communicate to people. Mm -hmm. It might sound a little odd because I'm also a little rambly on podcast interviews or whatnot. That's because I get like,
0: more nervous on the (laughs) shows. I like it.
1: Okay my own show I'm never that nervous when other people show I'm always like nervous. But learning how to communicate in text, whether that's blog or email marketing or copywriting, like on a sales page mm-hmm. or landing page or anything like that. Huge. Just shaping the words so that people will stay engaged. Yeah. You'll also notice I just repeated myself. That's mm-hmm. a little trick for audio especially. Like yeah. craft the words so people will stay engaged. That I wish somebody had taught me that like 10 years ago, but I think I learned that through to there too. That's a good podcasting question, by the way, Natalie. That was a yeah, good thank you. Oh, um,
0: yeah, yeah. And repetition is the key to learning. I'll say that again, repetition is the key to learning. So I'm glad you repeated that twice. But I would have to agree 100% because when I started my blog, I just loved writing. And if I think about my experience up until that point, I had written for the school you know, newspaper and I'd written lots of journals and diaries, <laughs> but I had never written anything on a blog. And it did come quite naturally to me. But writing... Versus actually being able to engage and communicate and teach and sell people is totally different. And that was a craft that took me, I just think, through trial and error and learning as I went and taking a few courses. But more actually just seeing what resonated and just being full on honest with people. The more honest I was and the more raw, the more it really seemed to pull people in. Um, So I'm really glad that you said both those things because they're areas that I think everybody should invest in. Another thing I'd just love to discuss right now is, and it's exciting because I came across you through a friend and then I started watching some of your YouTube videos. And I know that's sort of a method that you're diving into more this year. I'm also going back into it. I love videos. I think it's really important. And even as a blogger, there's so many ways you can turn videos into great content for the blog, in addition to just embedding a video, but you know, turning them into actually written content. We won't need to go into that for now, but What I loved is that you are on this path or this road to 83K a month, which I have always loved as a number because 83.33333 means a million at the end of the year in a full financial Mm -hmm. year. So, do you, and that I was like, whoa, Pete wants to, like, I was like, that is so awesome because probably even a year or two back, or when I was like at the height of my suitcase entrepreneur business, that felt really like an awesome goal for me to have, but I love that here you were. It just, I don't know what, it just sparked for me something like, oh yeah, think bigger, dream bigger, where are you at, Nat? And then that's awesome that Pete wants to do this. So I would, one, love to know a little bit more about this road to 83K and how, if you're willing to share with people, you want to do it. I know it's part of this new business model and this focus that you've got, but just for people who are listening, like how does one even come up with that goal and what was the why behind it?
1: Okay, so the actual coming up with the number, 83K, I totally just pulled it out of the air. Okay, Don't cool. get me wrong. I, Love there, it. <laughs> there was no like in-depth analysis of like, oh, well, if my <laughs> price point is this and I have this many audios, no, 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 there was none of that. It was just like Love it. a personal <laughs> benchmark for me. Again, not proving my personal worth, not proving the success of the business, but I think a good lofty goal to go for first is that million dollar mark, like a mm-hmm. seven figure business. That's what I want to do. So that's where I pulled the number from. Other than that, it made sense. So I did this right around the time as the, the worst day of 2019, Taco and Raina. Okay. And I worked backwards from there. So I have a Google Sheet. I do everything in Google Sheets for the most part, where I wrote out that number, like $83,000 roughly a month. Like, okay, what are my price points now for online impact? It was $35 a month for each member when I first launched. Now it's up to 50 bucks a month. Nice. Like, okay, I'm planning on having a higher, like higher touch point, that's more one-on-one and going to hire some coaches as well. Like once people scale up, it's going to be more expensive. I was like, okay, how many members do I need at this level? And I have this, I say massive, it's it's like several tabs on this Google sheet that is like scenarios. Scenario one, like slow growth, like a, slow growth, excuse me. I launch and uh, not very many people are there, but I'm going to keep doing it because this is my forever business model. I'm super happy with it. Okay. Maybe it takes like, two years or five years or 10 years or more like I have that. And then I'm like, okay, what if we launch at this price point? What if we have this much success and this much success? I have like all these different scenarios planned out and then how long it's going to take to get to that recurring revenue model. So my process, hopefully this is helpful for people, by the way, my process. And by the way, if it were just me, I would never do this, but luckily I have number two, Reyna, who's way smarter than me at a lot of things. She's like Pete. We need to pencil in on the calendar time to analyze where we're at on that road to 83K. Like once a quarter, mm-hmm. or we're actually doing it by project. Like after each launch, we're gonna take like a day or two, and we're gonna think like, okay, how many people did we get? And then we're gonna update all those scenarios. Okay, mm-hmm. well now we are roughly two years and four launches away from that much, or we're seven years and <laughs> what was that? I can't do my math. Fourteen launches away from like 83K. So. Like creating that. the scenarios that part I got I had done stuff like that before like projecting well you
0: were an accountant remember.
1: so it. Hopes I be. was an accountant to be <laughs> uh, but the whole like coming back and analyzing and iterating and making it better and then just trying to figure out like okay what do we do now to stay on that same track where are we how did that go and what do we do now that's something new to me that I haven't done a whole lot in the past so
0: thank you so did much
1: for sharing go. that
0: can I just okay. add because i am also guilty of that i have my spreadsheet i have my plan of attack on content my goals etc cetera, et cetera. and when i do launches i'm really good at modeling i have three different things and i give this away in my launch your damn course accelerator is the must hit goal because you've put in the time and effort and you're spending ads etc all those things all the okay. time you've invested your team must hit. And then there's, that'd be nice. And I hate the word nice, but like, that'd be nice. And then they smash it out of the ballpark. And so I always have three yes. scenarios and what would it take to get there? And it excites you when you look at it, right? But I think the biggest thing that I have not done regularly enough, and I'm in a mastermind right now with Hillary Rushford, and she said the same as KPIs, mm-hmm. is looking at all your metrics and numbers regularly. And I think, I don't know, but for those listening, you're an entrepreneur, you're very creative, you're highly driven, you're probably ambitious, you're doing these things all the time. And the one thing that most people that I know forget to do often enough is come back and look at the actual numbers as well as their gut <laughs> intuition, et cetera, and all their fun stuff and go, is this actually converting? Is this actually working? Am I seeing growth? Am I building mothers? Am I building my tribe? Would you say, I mean, that's obviously true of you. I often find, yep. if I'm really honest, men are often really good at this more than women, just saying, really? because, oh, okay. but that might just be me. And maybe the people I hang around with are often more numbers focused, whereas I'm more like, Creative focused, but I also yeah. do have a really good head for business. So, okay, we'll flag that. Maybe it's men and women who love numbers are really good at focusing on them. And then there's a lot of creative entrepreneurs <laughs> and highly ambitious ones, as I said, and people who get it and they're smart and savvy don't do enough of that. So I'm really glad you admitted that too. It Makes me feel a little better. And I feel like maybe it's something about 2020, this beautiful, perfect number, you know, 2020 vision, that more people yeah. are getting focused on those areas that they want to turn into a strength. Just going to put it I'm out. I totally there. with you. Yeah,
1: I don't know how many people listening to this actually know the full Walt Disney story. I listened to the longest audiobook in history, by the way. I don't know if I can recommend this, but it was a great, it was okay. kind of fun. It was the biography of Walt Disney, and there are okay. several of them, but this is like the most recommended one on Audible and Amazon.
0: It was like how 30, long was it?
1: Thirty-four hours.
0: <sighs>
1: Whoa! <laughs> I'm telling you, it was a slog. But I am totally a wow. Disney in the negative way. So for those yeah. that don't know, Walt never. Cared about money his entire life. If something right. cost money to him, it did not matter. Like he had no idea what stuff costs for his own business, nor did he care. He was like, I want it done this way. I want my motion pictures to look like this. I don't care if that means hiring more people. I don't care if it's more expensive. Like, I want it to be like this. And luckily, Walt had Roy. Roy Disney was his brother, and the money guru, the accountant, the CFO of Walt Disney and mm. studios or whatever who kind of kept his brother in line first of all and also like figured out how to make it work financially i know i said i was an accountant but i'm totally the walt disney i am totally the like i want this to happen and in fact mm. if i could just never think about money again and how to pay for things i wouldn't do it i was just like i don't care i want this to happen and luckily you were talking about 2020 being the year and like finding those strengths mm. I think you mentioned the word strengths part of my strength now comes from other people such as Reina, such as the people in my mastermind group who are a lot more like the men that you mentioned that you knew. They are a lot more like holding Pete back, just reeling me into a reality just a little bit, just enough to make sure things actually happen. Yeah, I'm I'm a Walt. I'm not a Roy, but I have Roy's Mm. around me.
0: Smart. And that's one way you can be, have that strength and be stronger without it necessarily having to be something that you're building up as a skill. Which is a whole other story. Cool. Thank you for sharing. I might look that audio book up. The longest audio book I've listened to, I think, was 21 hours, and that was um, Becoming by Michelle Obama, and that was totally worth it. But it's oh, yeah. quite a lot to we get through. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Very <laughs> cool. Cool. So you've got your 83K roadmap. You've got an awesome 2IC who's keeping you on track with that. You are now tracking this stuff quarterly, if not even more often and this is a question I'd personally love to know, does it feel doable now that you've got that there versus maybe a year or two ago when you might've had this lofty goal Mm. of a million dollars? Does it now feel tangible because you've got the numbers or does it make it more scary because you know what has to be done in order to hit it?
1: I'm not gonna lie. It does not feel more doable. It really pains me to say that. I wish it did feel more doable, but it doesn't. And most of that's just the way I am. We talked a little bit about imposter syndrome earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm also the type of person, by the way, who if you wanted me to do a a blog audit of your site, Natalie. And you're like, oh, uh, you know, what do you charge? Like a hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 300 bucks, a thousand bucks. I'd be like, no, no, I'll just do it to, mm. just for free. Like I'm totally that person. I can't stand the thought of overcharging people. I don't necessarily mind selling things and charging people, but I've had a very difficult time thinking that my work is worth the amount of money that I'm charging for it. It's been very mm. difficult for me. So mm. I look at like $50 a month for online impact and I'm like, why would you pay me for this? It's stupid, which is really not stupid, by the way. Mm. I put together an awesome product. Raina's put together an awesome product. Like it's very valuable, but I still have this mindset that that's very hard. So now that it is kind of on paper, mm. and by the way, I've talked about this like publicly in like blog posts and on podcasts like this. So I wish it did feel more doable. I think it's about the same though. I think it's just mm. a, the one positive thing I will say is that now it feels like even if things go badly, if I launch online impact again, and it doesn't go as well, or if things go a lot more slowly in 2020 or whatever that is, I feel confident now that I'm going to be able to stick with it, mm. if that makes sense. It's not exactly what you asked, but it, it's sort of related. I do not feel the need to experiment with different business models now, for the most part. Mm. I'll experiment with top of funnel activity, different marketing strategies and techniques and going harder into YouTube and stuff like that. I don't feel the need to deviate from my dream business model yeah. that I... That I found quite frankly so the money part of it the revenue part of it 83k a month it does not still feel doable anymore so but at least now i know i can persist when things don't go quite as well as i want
0: i can see why you built up a cool tribe just because you are very very real and raw and you're just telling it how it is and as you're growing you're bringing people along on the ride and i i do think that's something that is often overlooked and there's a point at which you get to and i know i did this in the suitcase entrepreneur when enough people tell you you're the expert on this or you're the go-to person on this that you start to believe it, (laughs) which isn't a bad thing, but you stop learning. Not that I've ever stopped learning, but maybe you just stop focusing on your craft and you stop learning at the same rate as you were when you were starting out and everything was fresh and exciting. And that is my biggest tip for people listening in here. And you've just reminded me of it is never, ever, ever stop learning. And more than anything in 2020, I'm going back to establish some of my mastery in some of these places that I still think I know enough about But this year, it's all about, no, you need to consistently know and learn and apply and do more. Because I think Mm -hmm. the minute you rest on any laurel, or you believe any kudos that people are giving you, and not saying that you shouldn't celebrate yourself along the way, yes, I'm awesome, great, that's great, but how can you be more awesome so that others can be more awesome? Would you say that, I mean, it sounds like you're pretty harsh on yourself too
1: uh yes most definitely yeah but or as you were saying all that i was getting excited i don't know if you could see me over here yeah yes and i will throw in <laughs> this too the single best person to learn from is yourself mm. cue the hallmark cards i'm pretty sure i should like make greeting cards with that on or something should we like repeat that. it Ooh, the
0: single good. best person to learn from is yourself why is that
1: because you have already done all the things that can teach you something. Reading a 34-hour long Audible book takes 34 hours or a 21-hour thing or taking an online course that now takes you like three or four days, a couple of hours each day, or reading a book takes a while and all that stuff. But the main time, I'm going to say time suck I hope that's okay. The time commitment for, to learn from yourself is kind of already done passively for the most part. I mentioned earlier, i would never been the person to like analyze what really happened in the past. I'm not much for analyzing anything. I'm just going forward all the time. Not a positive trait for the most part. But the road to the 83, that there's a blog post. It's called the road to 83K, by the way. That's what Natalie kind of saw. The most of that post is actually me going back and learning from myself, learning from past launches, learning from the business models I tried, learning from this, learning from that, everything that I'd already done. And that process taught me more than, any book I've ever read. I've read some great books. I still read. I still listen to audible books. I still take courses. I still watch YouTube videos. But something I've historically been bad at is like taking the time, just like a 30 minute meeting once a month to like go back to the previous month and learn from what I did. What worked? What did not work? How could I do better going forward? Like those three questions right there. What worked? What did not work? How can I do better going forward? Something I've sucked at historically. And yeah, I'm pretty sure we should put that in like a greeting card or a t-shirt and we'll make a lot of money. Best yeah. person to learn from is yourself.
0: If we throw a Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse on top of it, not only would we get sued by Disney, but it might just sell more. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Pete. I'm sure we could talk forever about this, but I think that is a really beautiful lesson to end on. And there's been so many nuggets in here for people to take away. Obviously, they should come across and find out more about you. So, where is the best place for them to learn more and engage more with Pete?
1: Uh, do you even blog.com? I'll just point people there. There's lots there.
0: Pretty easy. If you want to
1: opt in for something and join my email list, I'm sure there's something on that page. If you want to like pay me money for something, I'm sure there's something on that page too, as well as all all sorts of like free content. So yeah, that's all there.
0: And you should, because Pete's welcome email series is excellent. I didn't tell you that, but Ah, yeah, thank you. you. It it was excellent when I signed up to it and I was like, damn, this is, I'm sure I used to have one like this. And again, I was like, where did that go? So get back, get back on your horse and do that. So yeah. Even if you just opt in for Pete's fantastic email series, then he provides tons of value. So it's worth it. Thank you so much for being on Untapped. And uh, yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you, Natalie. I really hope you enjoyed listening to that rerun of one of the best of the best episodes ever on Untapped, according to you and my wonderful listeners. As you know, the purpose of the Untapped podcast is to help you tap into your potential, get paid to be you. And make more income. And that is also the purpose behind my beautiful 10K club. As you know, the Untapped podcast is all about tapping into your potential, getting paid to be you, doing the work that you love, making more income and more impact. And that is exactly what I teach in the 10K club the most beautiful creation I have ever done, and the most gorgeous members who exist within it. They are queens like you who want to build the business you love that makes you the income you deserve with more ease, grace, flow, and fun. And I designed this club to help you hit consistent 10k months and 10x your personal growth. Now, are there members in here who are nowhere near 10k? k Absolutely. But are they making more money every single month since joining? Absolutely. Are they doubling their income after three months? Yes. Are they tripling their income after six months? Yes. So if you want to join a group of women who are committed to tapping into your potential, getting paid to be who you are, and helping each other rise while making an impact on the world one woman at a time, then this is the right place for you. You are a coach, consultant, or service provider who is ready to make up to 10K a month to increase their income, to make more impact on the world, and to do this all working less, fewer hours, less hustle, and with more fun. Head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash 10K, that's one zero K, read all about it, read the beautiful reviews from some of our members around the world, and make sure that you make a commitment and investment in yourself and come join us before it's too late. I will be closing the doors on this club in December for a period of time. So make sure you head across nataliesisson.com forward slash 10k. And while I'm at it, if you want to know the best of the best tools that I use to run my business and I couldn't live without after 11 years of testing all the tools in the world, head across to nataliesisson.com forward slash tools. We updated this page a while ago. It looks beautiful. And it also has my favorite tools that I use every single day in my business for payments, landing pages, sales funnels, project management, teamwork, you name it. It's all there. Most of these tools are super affordable. They are awesome. And I've really put them there so that you can just dive straight in. If you were starting a business, these would be the tools that I would suggest for you. You might find some absolute doozies in there that you love. You might already be using some of these tools and you might find one that just makes an absolutely huge impact on your business. You're welcome. NatalieSisson.com forward slash tools, go and check them out. And thank you so much for tuning in every week. If you love the show, if you enjoy it, if you get value from it, if it's made a difference in your life, can you please take one or two minutes to head across to iTunes and just rate and review it. Let people know what you love about the Untapped podcast and what a difference it's made in your life. And you can also do that by tagging me on Instagram at Natalie Sisson when you're listening in and just post a photo of you with your awesome headphones on or at the beach or wherever you may be listening to this and let me know because I love to know where my listeners are in the world, what you look like, what you do and which episode you're listening to. Have an amazing week and don't forget to tap into your potential.